So far this season, the Kings have played in three back-to-backs. And on the second night of those back-to-backs, they are 0-3 and have lost by a combined 71 points. That is almost 25 points per game. In the past, I've thought that, you know, Losing in big blowouts is actually better than losing in close games because, you know, in close games you get so invested and then they lose at the end and it's, you know, it's heartbreaking. But at some point that stops being the case. I Like I can't handle just getting blown out continuously. The Kings are a good team. They're a good team. They are 13-9. and nine. Their record is solid. But for some reason, they just cannot get it together sometimes. And three of those times have been on the second night of back-to-backs. So that's a pattern. But those were not the only games that the Kings have gotten blown out in. The Kings have just gotten blown out in way too many games this season. Where they start out, maybe look good for the first four minutes of the game. And then they just fall apart for the rest of the first half. That's 71 point total that they've lost by, you know, combined that could be way worse if the garbage time unit didn't chip into the leads in some of those games. Like th- this has just gotten to the point of being embarrassing. Like you can talk about matchup issues all you want about the Kings not matching up against the Wings and you know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George or with the Pelicans with Zion, but there's not a single issue, especially not matchup problems that would get you blown out by thirty. When you look at matchup problems. Like the Kings are still, like I said, a good team. We know they're good. You don't just get blown out by 30 continuously. And even if it is a matchup problem, yeah, maybe they get a bucket here, a bucket there because of the matchup problems. Maybe at the end of the game, it becomes a problem where they're able to just continuously exploit the same thing. That's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. The Kings had a winning record in back-to-backs last season. The Clippers were on a back-to-back in this one. The old Clippers. And the Kings just came out so flat with just so little energy. I mean, just everything went wrong. You know, after in the Nets game, we just hit every three-pointer. Then in this game, we can't hit anything. But it's it's not just that. It's the defensive end, too. It, It seems like when things go well offensively for the Kings, they can also tend to go well defensively. But when things go wrong offensively, they also go wrong def- defensively. And, you know, maybe it's the other way around where it's just when they're playing poor defense, they aren't playing poor offense. Like, I don't know which way it is, but somehow they're correlated. I guess at least, you know, we're, we're getting our guys some rest. You know, if you're going to lose, like I said before, when I was saying, you know, close losses are, are worse than blowouts. I mean, as a fan, when you just keep getting blown out, obviously they're not because it's embarrassing. And as a player, they're not, I'm sure. But, I mean, if you're going to lose, at least get your star players rest, I guess. It's like, what am I supposed to talk about? You know, the the first few times it happens, you know, we can talk about what went wrong and, you know, why it might have went wrong. It's like at this point, it's just like, yeah, everything went wrong again. Like, what am I supposed to say? The Kings came out for the first, I don't know, three, four minutes. Like, they played pretty well. They were forcing the Clippers to take tough shots, like making Terrence Mann be the one to take the shots. They were getting good shots on the other end. Uh, Shots just weren't really falling. 
open shots. Clippers were hitting contested shots. So I was like, oh, you know, it's good. You know, we start out, we're down six to zero, but then I'm like, we're playing well. And, you know, sure enough, we come back and we take the lead seven, six. Keegan's being aggressive. And then Harden just gets into the lane whenever he wants. Nobody really puts pressure on him. He can just do whatever he wants. Kings start getting lazy with passes. Fox has like two straight turnovers. And then all of a sudden the Kings defense just falls apart. And it's dribble penetration after dribble dribble penetration. Starts with James Harden getting to the lane whenever he wants. And then Kawhi Leonard just after James Harden went out, he said, I'll take over from here. Got into the lane every time. And was just hitting these like warm-up jumpers that Kawhi, you know, when Kawhi last season in that 176-175 game, you know, that which by the way was a game in LA that the Kings were on the second night of a back-to-back of, Kawhi went off, especially in that third quarter, and it was three-point shots, it was contested long-range mid-range jumpers. It's like, okay, you know, Kawhi's gonna be Kawhi sometimes. That was not the case in this game. He was just dribbling one screen, just dribbling with a guy on his hip into the lane and then just rising up for the easiest short mid-range jumper of all time. Like I said, this isn't a matchup problem. This isn't the Clippers being a great team. Like you can put it on that like one time or two times, but when it continuously happens, you got to look inward. This is a King's problem. This is not everyone else being good on any given night. This is a King's problem that is continuously happening. Of course, I would rather us have a winning record, but in those losses get blown out than have a losing record where it's always close. But it's like, I mean, I don't I don't know what to think at this point. And, you know, you can say the offense looked bad in the first half. It, it did. It, it wasn't great. Lots of open misses. Uh, Sabonis was kind of rushing things. And then especially towards the end of the first half, uh, I think uh, desperation kind of kicked in. And it was Keegan Murray, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Trey Lyles just kind of hoisting desperation shots to try to come back into this game. But the Kings had 48 points by uh, halftime. No, that is not great by any means. But the Kings held the Nets to 48 points last night in the first half. So what I'm saying is, you know, if the defense showed up, we could have been in this game still, but we were not. We were not even close. I think when the bench came in, the ball just stuck. The Clippers kept breaking us down and we kept just going into zone to try to fix it. Zone, man, whatever we tried, it didn't work. Nothing worked. When we went to zone, we forced a miss and then Westbrook got a rebound because he wasn't being boxed out because, you know, zone can uh, kind of create those uh, uh, blocking out problems and cause offensive rebounds because, you know, you're not guarding a single man. And then there was just a really sad possession where we went zone and Kawhi just kind of walked into the middle of the court, grabbed the ball, was wide open, and they scored from there. Like just zero resistance. Fox had the three ball going in the first quarter, which kind of kept us in it. And then the start of the start of the second quarter was just a mess. It was error after error. JaVale McGee has had like five straight horrible games. He goaltended, set an illegal screen, which took away uh, a monk jumper. Then there were just a bunch of other uh, 
just bad mistakes. The Kings couldn't make free throws, which is a trend so far this season that I hate. You know, I don't expect the Kings to be a top free throw shooting team because you have De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis as the guys that are going to get to the free throw line um, most of the time. Although Fox just, for some reason in first halves, he can't seem to get any calls. It's it's a, a weird trend. But when, you know, when those two guys are the guys shooting the free throws, you're not going to be a super high percentage. I expect those guys to be around 75%, but they're not so far this season. But also everyone else has been missing them. It just felt like there was no energy defensively when a clipper would drive into the lane. There was no body there to meet them. And then there was no forcing them to kick out and then rotations, right? It was just, oh, there's one screen. Oh, he's in the lane now oh, he took a wide-open mid-range jumper. Let's go miss a three on offense now. Like, that's it was just a repeat possession after possession. At one point, Trey Lyles was getting matched up on Kawhi. I'm like, why are we doing this? Paul George wasn't even out there. Paul George went out of this game with a groin injury, so we didn't even have to deal with that. So if you're saying it's a matchup problem, like, we had Keegan out there to guard Kawhi, and uh, (laughs) it's still... Still was not working. There was like the the slightest signs of life at the end of the second half. And then you come to the third quarter and the Kings are like getting some stops. I'm like, okay. But the offense was just going nowhere. It was bad early shot clock threes every single time. Like it felt like the Kings kind of had a shot to get back in the game. Like at the very start of that third quarter, it was like, okay, we're getting some stops. There's a slim chance that we make this competitive. And uh, the offense was just horrible. Kevin Herter, really rough shooting night. He missed. There was a point in the second quarter where he came around, airballed a pretty open mid-range shot, and then missed two pretty open layups in a row. Three possessions in a row. Keegan, uh, he he went 0 for 5 from 3. I think a lot of them were just kind of rushing threes because they were in desperation shots. He was actually... Probably, I don't know, the best player. I don't know. I don't know if he was the best player. He was okay. Like, he he, he was getting aggressive. He was going to the rim. He was cutting. He was playing pretty solid defense, uh, getting his hands in the passing lane. Like, you can see his length is really impacting other teams. And uh, he's getting in the passing lanes. Got three steals in this one. Was getting rebounds. The problem is we just, we need, we need more Keegans. Uh, and uh, right now we just don't have that at all. Uh, Barnes was matched up on Kawhi to start this game, and uh, it it was really bad. Like, there was, especially after the first few minutes, and then in the second quarter, or no, it was the third quarter, uh, Kawhi just went right around Barnes. Barnes was, like, shading him one way. But it's like, when you shade a guy one way, you actually have to force him into the help. Barnes shaded him one way. Kawhi just went right by, like, to the left, right back to his right because Barnes was so far behind him he could get to his right like he wasn't even writing his hip or anything you had Sabonis kind of rushing things inside Fox missing inside just everyone just rushing shots like if it felt like when we fell apart the offense just became so panicked there was no calming presence in that offense it felt like if we played defense the way we played offense, maybe we would have been more successful. You know, if we were like 
panicking and and trying to you know actually make something happen defensively you know on offense we're just like rushing things I felt like maybe we need to be more rushed defensively because it felt like we were so relaxed defensively just kind of sitting back letting the Clippers do whatever they want instead of getting into guys and you just you can't tell me that this is a personnel or a matchup problem like we all know, I've talked about it a million times, what the Kings roster needs. We all know we need more wing help defensively, but you don't get blown out by 30 within the first you know, half of the game just because you don't have that one more wing defender that you need. You know it's bad because we were throwing Davion out there just to try to make something happen and he looked awful again. It's just a whole team problem. There's no one person that I think it even starts with. You know, you could say it starts with the leaders of the team and Fox and Sabonis, but like, I mean, the last time this happened against the Clippers, Fox went for 40. You know, he tried. Sabonis was out there battling for every single rebound. I don't even, you know, it's it's not an individual thing. It's just the game against the Nets, everyone was switched on. And then the game against the Clippers, everyone switches off. And that's what results in these big blowouts. It's not a few guys switching off. It's everyone. It's an everyone problem. So I guess we got to talk about the positives we can take out of this game. For me, the biggest positive is every time we lose by, you know, in a massive blowout by 30, you know, we only lost by 20 in this one. That's garbage time stuff, though. We lost by 30 in my head. But every time we lose by 30, it only counts for one in the loss column. And we can just move on. And the Kings will probably come out and be just fine against the Thunder at home. Because that's the thing. The Kings are a good team. This is not something I'm worried about where like they all of a sudden become a bad team. I mean, that maybe you know, after the first few blowouts, I was like, man, what is happening? Are we heading in the wrong direction? But like, no. We, we always bounce back, but it's just how do you prevent this from happening again? And the, the Kings and the postgame pressers can talk about it all they want. I mean, they talked about having to be more ready to play in back-to-backs after the last, last loss to the Clippers. We, I mean, the Clippers were on the back-to-back themselves. It's, just, it's not an excuse. It's just the reality of we suck at back-to-backs. That is not an all, at all an excuse. Everyone has to play back-to-backs. This season, I think we have to play even more because of the in-season tournament schedule. You, you got to find a way to figure it out. They, they said they had to be more ready to play after the last one, and they weren't. They weren't re- more ready to play. So back to positives. Keegan Murray being aggressive, that was good. He came into the game averaging like 1.3 free throw attempts per game or something like that. He took six in this one, getting to the rim which I like to see his rebounding was good. His length and activity defensively was good. Fox's three-point shooting continues to be good. I guess Malik Monk lobs to JaVale McGee are good. There were like two or three of them. Great, but uh, JaVale's minutes were still not good. That did not make up for the bad things that he was doing. Uh, In garbage time, Sasha Vezinkov was out there, and he looked like he was the best player out there during garbage time and i always think that's a good sign 
his passing was really good and he was kind of running things. He was posting Terrence Mann up and, and scoring on him. So he looked pretty solid. And I'm very confident that he is a solid rotational player for us, that he is locked in there. And he made some nice defensive plays as well. So I think I'm willing at this point to lock him in as a, as the solid rotational guy for the Kings now. He has proven that. I wish the Kings would just let me know before they decide to just take the night off so I can, you know, take the night off too. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like... When you only have a half of ba- of a basketball game to analyze, it's like, what am I supposed to say? It's happened so many times this season. Like you just you just don't expect it to happen that many times. So as I mentioned before, our next game is against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It is at home. We start a long home stretch here. So far, we're seven and three at home, and after the loss to the Clippers, we're six and six on the road, and that's fine. Uh, if you if it's you know us going 500 on the road while having a pretty good record at home like that's I would say a pretty good recipe on how to do things which is not at all how we did it last season but uh, it's the more normal route that it that good teams take last time we played the Thunder it was also in Sacramento as an in-season tournament game we did not have De'Aaron Fox and it was a big win for us we won 105-98 the Thunder were extremely cold from three-point range on that night. Chet Holmgren had maybe one of his, maybe his worst game as an NBA player. I expect him to be a little better. I expect the Thunder to shoot a little better from, from three-point range than they did. But we will have De'Aaron Fox. Maybe we match up poorly against teams like the Pelicans and Clippers. But I think we match up pretty well against a team like the Thunder. They are a pretty small team. Sabonis can bully Chet inside. We've seen Sabonis have a lot of success against guys like Chet. He was good against Claxton, good against Wimbenyama, even good against a, a guy like Gobert at times, where he more struggles against the Kavon Loonies, the Jonas Valanciunas of the NBA. Shea versus Fox should be a fun matchup, but I think Keegan Murray should have a big game. And I say that because... The Thunder, I mean, they have some solid defenders. You know, you got Lou Dort, who I think will be a, a, it says he's a game time decision for this one. But the Thunder really just don't have anyone that's as big or long as Keegan, and he can shoot over a lot of guys. And I just want him to continue to be aggressive like he has been in these past few games from inside the arc. And for him to just kind of work inside out, get it going inside, and then move out to the three-point line. It would also definitely be nice if Kevin Herter could find his shot because he's been struggling for the past like three games at this point. So we'll definitely need a little shooting from him. He he hasn't gone totally cold. I mean, he kind of was in this one, but uh, you know he's been hitting some threes, which is better than the start of the season where he would get like five open looks and miss all of them. But we definitely need a little more from him because last season when he would go cold from three, it wouldn't impact his inside game and his mid-range game. This season, he's been worse from the mid-range and inside, missed a lot of easy shots that I expect him to make. So even if he isn't hitting those threes, I need him to be better from inside the three-point arc. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Real Report. I will be back on Thursday to recap that game against the Thunder. Peace.